0: powerful feature length and short documentaries intended to inform and educate audiences around a variety of topics while inspiring activism for health equity. The screenings will take place at the Tulane School of Public Health and Tropical Medicine at 1440 Canal Street, New Orleans, Louisiana, 70112. Admission is free, but seating is limited. All attendees must RSVP to guarantee a seat. For more information, please visit FNO.org forward slash tickets. That's FNO forward slash, sorry, fno.org forward slash tickets, and get checked, get fit, get moving is getting ready to be started right now. To get up, get checked, get fit, get we we, hop, we, skip, and we like to do stuff. It matter what
1: you
0: do, it just want you to move, Really well. Yeah, <laughs> I think Eric's killed There Eric, here with the here we go. You're cutting off back and forth.
1: Doctor started bobbing his head, and his rhythm was so off. He turned off the music.
0: No, no, yeah, you, you forget I'm a musician, okay? Seriously? So, yeah. <laughs> not a you, dancer. Yeah, definitely yeah. not. A, I am a <laughs> bass player. So, anyway, uh, get check, get fit, get moving. Uh, wow, what a special edition! You guys are in for a treat today. Before we get started, Doctor Griggs, uh, maybe read our quick announcement. So and,
1: as Every week, we want to know that preventing HIV is easy. Get PrEP. You can get free HIV testing at any Access Health Louisiana location. Plus, same-day primary care appointments are always available. Access has a new location uh, in downtown New Orleans at the Pythian Building, where people can be seen uh, for diagnosis and treatment of HIV, STIs, and PrEP. Plus, all Access Health Louisiana patients qualify for discounted meds through their pharmacy, through our pharmacy. More information is available at accesshealthla.org. That's accessla.org.
0: This is the Get Check, Get Fit, Get Moving show with Doc Griggs and Dr. Derry. I'm Dr. Derry. That's Doc Griggs. But boy, are we overshadowed by our guest uh, today. A real
1: treat. uh, This is a a royal treat. (laughs) We have a a, 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 no pun intended. Uh, We have the gracious, intelligent, brilliant, compassionate queen of the Democratic of the Republic of Congo, Queen Diambi Kabatuswila.
0: Yes.
2: Hello. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Uh, I'm very uh, honored to be here and to get to reach uh, you know, such a wide audience uh, on this uh, very important uh, show about health. And uh, today's, a, a, I mean, this month is a special month for health, uh, mental health. Yes. So I'm also a mental health specialist since I'm a psychologist and a mental health counselor. I mean, that's what I, I used to do before I, I became crowned. And right. uh, I think I continue with that path because I really am about healing yeah. and uh, well wellness in, uh, for, for people in general.
0: Uh, th- that's amazing. That mm-hmm. I, I, you know, um, first of all, I, I, I will just I'm going to try to get all my like stutter and 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 just starstruckness kind of <laughs> out yeah. as soon as possible that I, so I can kind of settle in because obviously it's not every day that we have somebody of your prestige uh, here you. in our humble <laughs> radio station. But I have to say, um, and I would love to hear about the Congo, and mm-hmm. and we'd love to hear about yes. the issues that we're going to talk about today. But how is it that somebody who uh, uh, it is the, the queen would go and study psychology and and I mean it, one it speaks to your commitment for working with vulnerable mm-hmm. communities and so I was just wondering if you could maybe just take us through a path that that you know how somebody who is in line to be a queen would also take time so to I, become a psychologist I mean, if
1: I may, if yes, I just um, just, may, just give, give me a second because it's not just psychology I want people to understand who they're listening to and I, I'd like at some point for her to explain the pathway uh, to be queen and to say what your full title is and what it means and the Uh whole thing. But first, I'd like to properly introduce her. I don't know if you... I don't know if you read it. I sent it to you. I don't know if you read it. You probably yeah, didn't. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> queen Diambi was born in Belgium to a Belgian mother and Congolese father who, who uh, was a diplomat. She grew up in Kinshasa in the Democratic Republic of Congo. The queen has extensive experience in multiculturalism, not only because of her own background, but because she also has traveled and lived in many different countries. She speaks six languages. Queen Diambi holds a doctorate of laws and a doctorate of philosophy, a master of science <laughs> in applied psychology, and a master in mental health counseling. She's wow. worked in... Um, Hold on, can I just say that? That's no, more degrees. No, let, let me finish. More degrees no, between no, you and No, I no, <laughs> no, let, no, We'll start all that after we finish. Let me finish. She's worked as an infant and a children's uh, mental health therapist as well as a substance addiction spe- specialist. Queen of the Yambia has spent much time mastering issues in, uh, relating to trauma and how it affects identity. She's trained... EMDR therapist and holds a degree as a practitioner of complementary and alternative medicine. Dude, I wasn't even halfway through. She is <laughs> no. Queen Diambi is also a certified math and French teacher, and she taught French in the in an international baccalaureate program in Florida. Queen Diambi also holds a bachelor a bachelor of science in business, finance, and economics. She's worked for several years in. As an economic consultant with the uh, Observatoire, mm-hmm. uh, Social European in Brussels for the European Commission and other governmental agencies in the EU. Queen Diaby was crowned as the ruler of the Bena- Ch- Amalet- Benat Amalet- yes. You know what? She, yes, she's the executive <laughs> <laughs> director of the Umoja Institute, New Orleans, Louisiana, vice president of Fokabe.
2: Yes, Fokabe. Fokabe, Fokabe
1: mm-hmm. nonprofit in Kinshasa, uh, Democratic Republic of Congo, and she sits as the president of the board of directors of African Views New York. Uh, USA. So with that, Yes. I will let yes. Her, and now, yes. So, right, now, so now yeah, you're, an, you're, you're an queen. attorney. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So, <laughs> yeah. I, to,
2: I wasn't even close to even. Well, I was just winding up. Yeah, wow. I was just focusing Thank on the you. mental health yeah, part. Right, but yeah, yes. Yeah, right. Well, all this is all it's all <laughs> titles, but at the end of the days, what do you do? What 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 do you do to make people you know people's life uh, happier or better? Uh, the titles is just titles. Um, so my, my proper introduction indeed is Mukiambi uh, Mukalinga <laughs> Mukajiwankashama. Uh, of the Bakwa Hindu people. So it's Queen it's a uh, Queen Diambi. um Actually, king, female king of the Order of the Leopard, of the Bakwaluntu people. So my kingdom is Bakwaluntu, and uh, I'm, we are part of the greater uh, Luba Empire. So that's w- what my first interni- uh, crowning was, an internization. And then I was internizing Kinshasa, the capital of Con- of Democratic Republic of-, of Congo. But I also have now, since March 4th, have been crowned the queen of the African descendant of Brazil. So... That's so a, that's a, that's a t- that
0: is amazing so yes. uh i i'm just i'm again i'm just quite stunned with <laughs> um and i don't even know uh, where to, where i mean maybe can you just I, i'm gonna answer to your question yes, yeah because yeah. you know
2: it's it, it, this is this is how it goes um i, I it's 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 really typical of our history. I wasn't I, I was I didn't grow up knowing that I was from a royal family because my father he was born during colonization time and during colonization time basically we just uh, you know we would we treat it as you know we, we were animals we were not worth anything and everything that had to do with our history as black people in Africa and, and our traditions and and all that was bad was you know stupid and bad we had nothing to offer nothing good to offer it. we were denigrated so. The only way to kind of like gain, regain some kind of status was to be uh, to to be as westernized as possible. So we would just we we had to take in any Western attitude, the Western languages, the way of dressing, and uh, so that was uh, really out of a very traumatic experience already of a couple of hundred years of you know first of all the, the enslavement of the people, the ca- you know the capture the people, they bring them you know they they deport them in an unknown land, Kidnapped. they these, they kidnap them, they deport them in an unknown land. We don't know what happened, the complete destructuration of the family unit, the, the, the societal you know structures are completely out of work because half the population is being deported over a couple of centuries and then the other half is running around because they're just in refugee camp from you know one, one in one, one camp to the next, maybe they stay there a few months a year and then they hear that there is a raid in the next door village and here they go pick up and leave again so the, the chaos the amount of chaos that it was um, the, you know the trade I mean it wasn't a trade. I I don't call it really, uh, Mm -hmm. I don't call it slave trade because it wasn't a trade. We we, we didn't have, so he was just, you know, what he was. But anyway, that caused a lot of chaos in, on the African continent. And then, from then after that, then came colonization. When they they stopped uh, the trade, they they started colonization, meaning enslaving people on their own land. Right. So, so
0: rather than taking them to yeah, their land, yeah. that became un, untenable. Yes. So the European countries went yeah. to Africa but and enslaved yes, in their land. Yes. Because it
2: was not only an, uh, it was not so much untenable. They could have continued long more. But then they need they realized that the resources they were so uh, so. Uh, Seeking in the in the new world that they had plenty more over there. So at first they didn't realize that oh my God this is a land of great resources. Then once they did they were like okay we can we need to explode here. So to, in order to explore we need you know free labor. And also now in the, we also had a reaction in this side of the world where we go oh we have enough of them we can have ingrown. Uh, we can have them ingrown, homegrown, and that's enough uh, already of African people. Nevertheless, what happened with all this episode, and I call it an tra- extremely traumatic episode in, in, a, in a human life and in, here in the span of several generations, so it's transgenerational trauma, we get to a point where our identity really is completely in decay because we believe now that we are worth nothing. So if we are worth nothing, and then the the, the natural um, you know uh, movement of a human is to always regain some kind of composure, regain some kind of balance, dignity. so some kind of dignity. So if the only way was to be as Europeanized as possible that would be the way a lot of people would would choose. For instance, my father had to go to school because my grandfather was like, well, these people now own everything, so you might as well get into their system and learn, you know, study, and maybe you'll have a place in that system. So in order for for any child to go and study, you had to be baptized. Right. So that was like... no contest they didn't right. ask your opinion no, if you no, wanted no. to learn how to read and write and read you need to be baptized so, so that meant
0: taking on the religion yes, of your they, captors so, yes yes, you
2: had to so basically what it was it was like, almost like if you, the, 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 get out of card, the get out of jail card was what being, be western as, as western as possible so in that frame of mind my father grew up in that kind of uh, environment where we had even Belgium created an institution called the Evolved so the institution of the Evolved was you would get like a certificate of evolved so you were like an evolved uh, savage if you could you know accept certain things to 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 not speak your native language to push away your culture to live as much as you know the european standard would want you to live and then you would get benefits from that you would have the ability to live in certain part of town in certain homes reserved for the, the evolved people you had a card that you could uh, we had with you, you could walk around and if you were caught in places in town that normally the savage couldn't go, then you could show that, oh, I'm not a, a savage, I'm an evolved black, I'm an evolved African and then you could wear pants uh, as a man because normally men couldn't wear pants, they could only wear shorts and then you mm. would, could, your children could go to a specific school, the, ch- the, the schools of the evolved children. Well, that was all designed into creating like a kind of like a working class like a, for, for the, the, the small hands of the of the, the big structure that, uh, the colonial structure so we needed some little hands to do some some things for instance they couldn't be under after curfew they couldn't be at a certain place in in town but the Evolve could but well that would be the one cleaning the plate after the big party and the dinner he had to be there so they they really had a an institution. The thing is, with that that uh, certificate of evolve, they could strip you from your evolve uh, evolution status mm-hmm. anytime. So they could come in your house by surprise. They would do inspection. They had inspectors, and if they caught your children speaking your your, your language, or they caught you in any behavior that they deemed was a savage behavior, then they would strip you off of your evolve status, and here you went off back with the savage quarters. And then uh, you, they would strip you if you had a bicycle, because that was another uh, benefit we would have if we would be evolved we can have a bicycle and that was really amazing and people because you know you, you were somebody so right. basically you were better than the others mm. and then this kind of mentality stuck in so my father um, when um, independence uh, arrived he was already 17 years old so he had had an entire life of 17 years to be to soak himself in this mentality and becoming an evolved was almost like an objective like oh I'm, 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 this is my my, my target so in that process, he let go of everything. And he did become, you know, what, what we call an evolved, but he got, he got, you know, after independence, he became, uh, you know, he went to school, he went to study, he got a, a scholarship, he went to Europe, he went to study accounting and economics, and he met my mother, and, you know, they fell in love and so forth. But in the whole process, he never really talked to my mother and anybody else about his past. Uh, in the village, he was actually ashamed of it. So he left his home. He saw his, parents, his mother for the last time. He was 13 years old. And then he left his home. And then that was it. And then he, he almost like a curtain fell of his entire past. And he was a new man now. And so he didn't teach us when we grew up that we were the children of a royal home. And then my great-grandfather was King Chiyomata, uh, you know, king of the Baku Aluntu people. He didn't teach us any of that. So it's a fairly recently that I've discovered, in 2016, that I discovered that I was uh, from a royal home, what we call them royal houses, meaning that we are, we are one of the, house, the families that are descent, direct descendants of a, of a king, and then we have a claim to the throne. And apparently this problem continued with my father because in 2006, he was the one proposed to be on the throne and he refused. He was like, what, what, what am I going to do with that? You know, I want to be a politician. I want to run for president. I want to run for Senate. I want to run for something meaningful. I don't want to do this traditional stuff. What am I going to, what, what's that going to bring me? So it's still that in the mentality that like sure. it's not honorable enough. Mm-hmm. It's not prestigious enough. It's nothing really. So because it was our royal house that had to rule, they had to find somebody else. So it took them about a um, few years. They, they looked for me for, um, from 2016. They found me in 2011. When I said they found me, it means after investigating all the members of the family and who the elders uh, the, is uh, deemed to be more you know, um, acceptable, they picked me. And for other reasons as well. But they, 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 I, I have my great-grandmother's name, who, who, Diambi, who was the Queen Diambi. So they think that was one of the indicators. And then they kept digging. And then they find out that, okay, um, she's she going to be wearing the crown. But I didn't know. I lived in the United States. Right. So I lived all my life. I re- I was my, I, So I had no idea that they had put a mark on me for a crown. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's, that's yes.
0: a heck of an email or uh, yes, or a letter that, to I, open. Oh no, you don't. You don't
2: even get it in that form. But I think my yeah, how so do you my, get it? my father kind of like prepared me very li- slowly about it. he was on the Valentine Day, um, 2016, and he sent bo- all my sisters and I he sent us a letter about the meaning of our names uh-huh. and why he picked those names for us. Why those names? You know. So my older sister was his mother's name, and then he's like Princess Chilomba, and then I'm like. Grandma was Princess Chiloma. Right. So he's like, oh, that's interesting. I never heard that before. I grew, you know, I'm already a grown, man, a grown woman and I have, I have children and i grown right. already. And now I'm finding out my grandmother was a princess. Oh, that's cool. So maybe I have a princess too. Right, right. Well, you know, like in a, in, in a fun way, ludic way, not that, sure. that it's going to change my life. Right. And then, uh, okay, so he goes to the next one. He explains my his other sister's name and so forth. And I'm like, oh, mm, interesting. And then he comes to me and he says, oh, and this is uh, uh, Diambi. It was my great my grandmother's name. And and this is who she was. And he starts talking. And she was Queen Diambi. She was the uh, the first wife of uh, King uh, Chiyomata and she, King Chiyomata was so and so and so. I'm like, wait, I'm, you know, I'm reading this slide for right. Valentine's. Like, that's a beautiful right. Valentine <laughs> gift, but thank you for giving it to me now. I mean, I, I think everything happened for the, for the right reason. And um, here I am reading that my great-grandmother, who I have the name, Diambi, was Queen Diambi. Right. And I'm very excited, of course. I'm like, oh, my God, you know, it's interesting. But I really didn't see at that point what impact it would have in my life. Mm -hmm. But yet again, that that summer, I I had to go back to the Congo. And I went to the Congo. And then I wanted to go to see where my father was born. It was the first time in my life. Although I grew up in the Congo, I'm a city girl. Right. I grew up in Kinshasa. It's sure. a city that has over 12 million, 12 sure. million people. So sure. I'm a city girl. Right. Uh, no, we don't see lions roaming around and elephants. No, no, no. I've never see. i really never seen a village except maybe the one that are close by to the city where we go on the weekend. Right. To, you know, But other than that, I had no experience of my own place where I originated which is Kasai so then the first time we, so we went there for the first time and the welcome was just absolutely amazing I'd never seen anything like that in my life so much love so much so much joy to find each other and and, and the joy was beyond me in the sense that it was like a collective joyfulness that I, I felt like I was claiming for others as well as myself and then when we got to where I was supposed to be crowned they didn't even tell me then oh. <laughs> okay so wow. it's a surprise wow. it's a surprise crowning yeah, right? a, it, it is Indeed. Right, Indeed. Right. So, like and then I, I see but my father becomes very ceremonial with me. And I'm like, what's wrong? He's like, no, you stay in the car. We're going to come and get you. Don't don't move. I'm like, why? My sister's getting out of the car. Why can't I get out of the car? Sure. Said, no, no, don't worry. I'm like, okay, something's up. But I didn't know what. And then finally, they come to get me and they say, okay, you can come out the car now. And I see all the, uh, the, the elders of the community all dressed up, you know, the the, the chief with all the attributes of the chief mm-hmm. and the leopard skin and the, the curry shells and beautiful. I say, oh wow, I guess the official wanted to welcome me. And <laughs> I'm like, why me, what not? But my father kind of slipped it. He's like, oh, this is because you are Diambi. And since Diambi used to be the great queen here, so that kind of paying reverence to the spirit of Diambi mm-hmm. because you emulate your name. And uh, I was like, okay, that's cool. I like that. You know, very cool. I like that. (laughs) Yes, here I am. And then they bring me to an area where it's where the the House of the Crown is. So first, they, of course, uh, you know... um, uh, tell us that you know, we are princess of a, a royal you no know, we are royal blood both my sister and I we were together and they do a little ceremony yeah everything is public of course out out in the open uh, they do a ceremony to indoctrinate us into our princess hood mm-hmm. you know to say now we are bringing you back where you belong and I was like oh that's so cool I'm a princess <laughs> at this point, at this still point still I'm not like, yeah I kid like, right. you have grown kids <laughs> yes. at this point right oh I have grown kids that's, that's just three years ago <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Right, so, right. I'm like oh they have, you know I mean, I was never really a girly girl and into right. that princess fantasy. But hey, you know I'm, 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 you know, I'm just like, okay, I'll go with that. That's right, pretty cool. Right. And uh, so I, um, I, I go along. And then after a moment, the ceremony is over. I see my sister leaving and I want to leave. And they're like, oh, can you just wait a minute? And I'm like, What's going on? My father's like, okay, uh, we need to talk to you. We have something very important and we ex- have <laughs> to explain. We're going to go in the crown's uh, house, the presence of the crown, and we have something to tell you. So my father is basically, tr- and, and in, in mannerism, Say a lot because my father never spoke to me in that way that I feel like you know what's going on. They're setting me up for something, but right. I didn't really know. Anyway, I was very excited to be there. So they bring me in, and then the elders uh, council come together and say, "Okay, it's time for you to um, take your responsibility because the crown of the Bakwalun uh, of the Benachyamba wants to sit on your head." And I'm like, okay, is this, okay, what, what does that mean? I mean, I'm like, okay, my father translated. I'm like, the Quran wants to sit on your head. and da, da. It's a big responsibility for your people. And, and almost like if it was like in a dreamlike state. Right. And they say, do you, but they ask you, do you accept your responsibility? You don't have to. And I said, yes. And I said, who spoke? <laughs> <laughs> is that your grandmother that was speaking <laughs> through you <laughs> right, right, right. not even a moment of hesitation right, you know right. like, oh what does the job entail your whole life is going to be completely <laughs> yes. uprooted yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, is there insurance get <laughs> yeah, uh, <taken> right, benefits <laughs> none <laughs> of that so I, I hear yes coming out of my mouth and then everybody's like okay and then here we are they push me they put me outside the, the, the house and now everybody's waiting outside and everything and there this is the crowning ceremony and I have beautiful pictures of that. But oh, I would imagine. But the thing is, it didn't sink in until I got the crown on my head. Sure. Yeah. And then, if you look at the picture of what the moment this happened, my face is like, yeah. like what happened? Sure. What, what just <laughs> happened? What just <laughs> right. happened? Right. But then, the funny thing is, like because we are so disconnected, the the question after that was like, what is an African queen? I never, I never seen one because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I grew up a little girl. That maybe that's why I'm not, I'm disconnected for the princess stuff because they don't, there's no princess that looks like me. Sure, there is no kid, queen that looks like me. None of the cartoons, none of the the movies. Um, back then, you know, growing up, so we don't have kind of like that conception that uh, African women can be a queen. So I had no idea. Right. Wh- so, wh-
0: which is why the Black Panther movie was such an important movie was Mm -hmm. uh uh, to uh that allowed in folks people black people especially in the U.S. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. so so before we get to to Black Panther explain the difference you were going there for a sec explain the difference between a queen and what it what it really means What the full name and the difference for the words
2: yes 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 uh, we, uh, because we are using uh, of course a foreign language uh, we, um, you know, this is, which is English right now we say queen but I'm not really a queen in, in, in our language a queen would be the spouse of a king right but I am a female king and so, because i'm I'm on the throne, so at uh, first I get crowned, and then a year later, if I, if I have a stamp of approval from all the other kings, then I get intronized into the Order of the Leopard, and the Order of the Leopard is the most ancient mystery school or philo- school of philosophy that exists, and we were actually the same school that used to initiate the pharaohs of of Kemet, or what we call Egypt, mm. uh, you know be- before they could sit on the throne. Most African kings are initiated into the Order of the leopard It's not the only order there's many uh, more uh, but uh, the the leopard is definitely the most ancient one. And so now, okay, now I'm a queen. I'm not just a princess because a princess is easy. All you have to do is look pretty and then you walk around and then, you know, <laughs> right. do good things. I mean, I, I guess, you know, but now queen and then ruler is now, oh, okay, now everybody's going to have their eyes on me. And then I said, the first thing I said, now what am I going to do? Am I going to, I have to live here? Like, I mean, it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. I would love to finish my life there. <laughs> sure. But I'm like, oh, hey, what about my kids? What about this? What about my job? What about? Right. So. And then, of course, it comes with a new set of rules. I cannot work for somebody and get a paycheck at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. I have to work for my people. Sure. So I have to create, even myself. You know, like I did. I did. You know, the Eli Kiyaho Foundation and also Humoja Institute here in in uh, you know New Orleans, uh, where we're going to start doing community projects here in New Orleans first, and then we're going to expand it to the United States. Um, then it's like, okay, now what? What is it? What is a queen? First of all, how she looks like, because that's the first thing. You're like, yeah, oh, what am I looking yeah, like? Yeah. So to create basically what would be a queen, an African queen look like. So to emulate the the Africa at its best, because it's not about me it 's about now who I represent and mm-hmm. how I want to represent my people and when I go out there, what is it that I put out there i put out i want to put out there that Africa is great I want to put out there that Africa is wise I want to put out there that Africa is ancient and, and it has mastery over so many things, including mastery of the art of living I want to put out there that what is our idea of beauty is it color is it is it colorful what is also the idea the, the, what, what is femininity is it is it overly is it oversexualization like some so like we see in the West, like we, women, it's all about the, you know, the breast that you have, the, the butt that you have, and how thin you are. And if you have those long, silky hair, if they're not yours, that's okay. But so long as you have them, if you – so it's all about your appearance, like, like your, 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 your body parts, but not your appearance as a whole, you know, how you carry yourself. And what is an African queen? An African queen is elegance. An African queen is distinction. An African queen is respect. An African queen – because now I started to study about other African queens of the of history, like Achipsut, who was the pharaoh of Egypt, and then Queen Zinga, one of them, and then there's the other ones. I started to study now those ancient, pers- uh, you know, personalities to try to see if I could understand what really it entailed to portray because image is everything. So that's the first thing when I'm gonna when you're gonna see me. I want you to get it. What is it that I'm showing? Yes, I'm 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 versed into this reality. I'm I'm educated, like you said. You know, I, I have extensive like life experience. Uh, you know, unusually extensive, I think, for my age, because my father was a diplomat, an ambassador, so traveling the world, meeting all kinds of people, and just my personality, because I love people, mm-hmm. and I like to connect with everyone, and I love. I, I'm a very kumbaya type of person, <laughs> um, so that brings me to the fact that I I had what it took for me to be. That, but I am only a representation of my people, so I really want to make sure that when they see me, they see my people, they're like, Oh wow, this is Africa.
0: So how did you go about creating that? I mean, did you have to change your your dress or your Absolutely. your outward Absolutely. appearance? Yes.
2: Okay. First, I had to have the crown. This is my traveling crown. crown. So that this is almost a, this is a message saying I come in peace, I come in in love, and I come to seek your your friendship, and I come with uh, high respect from my people to your people. And so I had to wear my crown. Now I'm like, okay, I, I can wear my crown, but with jeans, with the, no, that doesn't work. You know that that doesn't represent. But I want to show about the Africa that I know because I'm in love with Africa. I grew up in Africa and my life, I could have never had the best childhood in my life. Africa is absolutely amazing place to grow up. Um, I know we're going to talk a little bit about all the issues, but besides the issues, the issues of Africa are not Africa. Those are just issues we have, but they don't deter- de- de- define what Africa is. Africa is absolutely a great place to be and a great place to grow up. So, But I wanted to show like these women that I find so elegant when I was a child, th- how did they dress? So now they dress with the African wrap, the colors, the, fl- the flashy colors. And I really want to emulate femininity, but femininity with respect and strength. And, um, and um, so that's why I had to create my own line of clothing because I was like, I want to dress this way, this way, this way, this way. So now I created a line of clothing. That's my own line. It's Queen Jambi collection, and uh, and because I, people start to notice my clothes, and say, "Oh, this is different." Because mm-hmm. it, it's different because it's a compilation of my life experience. Because yes, I'm African indeed, but I'm also my mother is European. So a, a European mother raised me, and although I grew up in Africa, thank God. Uh, yeah, thank God I grew up in Africa because I would have been a miserable child in Europe. <laughs> um, you know, I, I have the mixity and then I travel all different places so all these different cultures also have influenced me and this is what I want to tell people. It, it's our right to, to, to take from here and there and to create ourselves a composite. We are a composite anyway. So let's, Let's decide what we want. What are the elements we want to incorporate into our own identity? It's our right, a human right to do so. So that this is what I, I try to represent, what I am, but also what I come from. And then also to emulate that greatness of a, of a, of a continent uh, that has been you know, the, the mother of civilization um, and that has been the foundation of all uh, the human experience anyway. So to say we have yet something to say. You have to take a look at Africa again because the narrative out there is very very negative, and it's not the truth about Africa today, and it's certainly not the truth about Africa d- during history.
1: Queen, if you can take, let's take a pivot and to the maladaptive mm-hmm. and the adaptive behaviors. Mm-hmm. I'd also like to talk about the uh, I'd like for you to discuss the the jump in mm-hmm. evolution. Yes, when we were, yes that I was yeah, talking yeah. about yes.
2: Uh-huh. Um, so. It just, I gave an example already of maladaptive behavior and my father's behavior because you know when you, when you get uh, several a generation of trauma that leads you to believe that you are worth nothing, then you start to adopt behaviors to make yourself think that you are something. So cutting yourself off your culture is a maladaptive behavior because there's nothing you can develop outside of yourself, and your culture is basically a composite of elements that you know uh, create your identity. So then, if you take yourself out of that element, then you you are basically like a tree, like a basically like a Christmas tree. It looks good for a minute, but then there, it dries out very fast, and then you can throw it away because it doesn't have roots. So without these roots, these, we have maladaptive behaviors. And in Africa, even today, we are very wounded because a lot of Africans are still unhappy about their African condition. So they blackness, you know, a lot of bleach, uh, skin bleaching happens. Uh, women are very unhappy with their hair which I I find absolutely amazing beautiful because you can do uh, actually um, capillary architecture with our hair that you cannot do with any other hair. I mean growing up in Congo back when our hair we still find our hair to be okay we used to have all kinds of hair um, hair you know do's that were just amazing it was like monuments so you could like like the eiffel tower on right. your hair and then some people now some hairdressers are starting to come back to that and but just my problem is not that how you wear your hair my problem is the fact that the the simple fact that you dislike your hair so bad that you have to have a live a, almost like a lifetime without being able to be you to be okay it pains me Now I'm not saying that. Oh no, you cannot have this. You shouldn't put this wig on, or you shouldn't. That's not what I'm saying. Women have the right to do whatever. But but if it was not under the pressure of I'm not good enough, Mm -hmm. then I would be okay but if it's under the pressure that i'm not good enough just as i am this is where the maladaptive behavior comes because those have consequences lots of women in africa they they have they lose hair they have a lot of capillary issues medical issues you know the, the dermatologists are finding all kinds of issues now with with uh, you know women being becoming bold, uh, losing hair and then it, it, because it, of all the, all the treatments that they have they, done they, to they aggressive their hair treatment. aggressive right, right. treatments because the if it's only because Oh, we, we, we have the bad hair. Who said? So this is one, an example of a maladaptive behavior. An example of maladaptive behavior is also like my father. He didn't want us to speak the native language. We could only speak French because French was appropriate. But Lingala, oh no. Chiluba mm. Didn't my father didn't teach me his language. I learned, I speak Lingala. I'm I'm speaking Chiluba now because now I'm crown and I'm queen so I'm learning Chiluba. Mm. But I spoke Lingala but I couldn't speak Lingala in the presence of my own father. He's the African in the house. Right. But he didn't want Oh no 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 because speaking Lingala was savage. We couldn't ha- like a lot of people don't even want to have their own African name. They want to have they want to be called Kevin right, or, or, or Pamela mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. Uh, This is when you're refusing things based on what? Based on the judgment that other people have placed upon your culture.
1: Queen, could he have lost his evolved status? If you got caught speaking Lingala,
2: yes, absolutely. So those are mal, that's what I say, maladaptive behavior. Because if you were you had a status or you had a, a evolved uh, certificate, you ha- would get all these benefits from the certificate, and then you would do a mistake because they had an inspect, inspect inspections. They could come at anytime in your house and inspect and see what you were doing. If you were eating with eating with your hands, if you were talking in your mother's tongue, if you were teaching your children about the the, the sacred story of your people, whatever. It is, you could they could just yank your status away and like they yank you know the great the the, the, the the military when they take, yeah, take all the, your skins they take your stripes and then from then on you're gonna go back to be with the savages over there. So and I'm I'm just giving example like for instance the hypersexualization of black women. You know it's it's something of my con- of a big concern for me. Because yes when there was a time where, you know, it could have been a strategy to to survive and to have a better life and to provide a better life for your children to say, you know, I'm going to be hypersexualized because then maybe the master is going to take a liking at me hmm. in the forced labor camp that people call plantation, but I call them forced labor camp. Um, then if the master takes a liking at me, maybe the other people are not going to rape me on a daily and then I'm going to be protected, and maybe I'm going to have a better better uh, work. Uh, maybe I'll work in the kitchen and in the house, and maybe if I have children, they will stay with me in this, in this forced labor camp rather than be yanked away from me when you were lucky. So that could have been a strategy, a very adaptive strategy to survive then. But if we teach now to our, you're going to teach that to your daughters as well, then you're going to teach that to the, the next generation, and then now it becomes like the norm. It's the normalized, and this yeah. it be normalized, and it's not serving us. If if it was still serving us, I would say, okay, yeah, let you know hey, it's serving yeah. us, but it's not. So now we have to start looking around and seeing all the behaviors. Like, for instance, we talk about lack of unity, but this unity was encouraged on this uh, on this forced labor camp because the disunity if you could uh, you know rat on some of people like a plot that was happening maybe some people would say oh, we're going to run away we're going to do this and if one k- went and maybe had a harsh position or was uh, you know living like under uh, punishment for a while he could maybe get off you know by saying hey there is something happening i just want to warn you that these guys are preparing something boom maybe from being on the field you would be the one who kept the people are working on the field. So, it could have been to your advantage because that was encouraged then. But then now it's no longer it's no longer working in our favor. So as a collective we have to recognize that we are wounded and mm-hmm. that we have been traumatized. And I'm not putting the blame on the people because I understand that those are behavior that are, you know come from the you pressure. Know, from uh, from, from mm-hmm. the pressure and from cognitive dissonance. So we yes. have to refine our mere status. Right. We have to find our balance. And because we have to find our balance to keep our sanity, we have to of you course. know come up with what is what works. Right. And, it, and many behaviors like that worked for a while, but then when when it doesn't work, we have to be able we have to be able to identify those behaviors. And I give another example when we even psychology we've we've done these studies when we see a, a African wom- woman with a child, a small child uh, mm-hmm. by her side, and we see a European uh, woman with a child, a small child the same age. We did experiments. So we see that the, uh, the European woman, let's say we are in a bank setting. She's over there waiting online, you know, to, to do our banking operation. And she has a three-year-old, uh, four-year-old toddler. And you can see the little boy venturing around, even going to tease people. What is that? What is that? And then, and she just say, Michael, come on, Michael, leave the lady alone. And then he would go and go on to the next, venture out, come back to mom, go out there again and come back to mom. And be, but the black mother... As soon as the little toddler would move, she would just look at him and he would know you better just stay there. You are not safe outside of mom's, you know, uh, periphery. So, but that may look like it's okay. Oh, you know, we have our children on check. No, no, no. You're teaching children... There is what we call attachment, the, the attachment um, you know, theories, the, how you attach to your parent and how you can detach. But the attachment is a, has a lot to it. When you can teach a child that, oh, the world is yours, you can venture, you are safe in the world. A, go ahead, go that's, explore that's, the that's world. That's white privilege. Yes, go ahead and the world is yours. You are safe. You know, and then we always here when you need us. Don't worry about it. You can go and then whenever you feel like it, you can come back, you'll find us. But in our case, it wasn't the case. Because when we were in this plantation, when you, maybe the more, the, 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 they would come and snatch you away from mom. Or you would go someplace and you get yourself in trouble because mom didn't see what you were doing.
0: Well, you know, I hear the same thing with friends uh, that raise black children, mm-hmm. and especially black boys, mm-hmm. and the conversations, the difficult conversations yes. they they have to have with those with those black boys that are becoming teenagers, mm-hmm. and what to do if they're pulled over by the police, and yes. because the rules apply differently for black people than they do white yes. people in our mm-hmm. culture here.
2: Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make it doesn't make much sense, but at the end of the day, this is the reality we're dealing with. And I want to also say something very mm-hmm. important about um, the trauma is not only on. On the one hand, the Westerners, I call Westerners or Europeans, they also are, are traumatized, but their trauma is different. They, tra- they have basically transgenerational guilt. And this is, I think, the reason why the conversation is not happening. The conversation has to happen in order for us to move f- forward. And we are capable of doing it, we are human. And we have conquered this planet, and we are conquering so many things. But there is that domain that's like almost a festering wound Mm -hmm. that we don't speak about. Everybody knows it's infested, infected, and we know we're going to have to cut the leg. Eventually, we're going to lose a leg. But we prefer to lose a leg rather than to to look at ourselves and to say, okay, let's sit down. You are the descendant of this branch of the trauma. I am the descendant of this branch of the trauma. So let's work together. We know what this entails you have you have gained privileges because your forefathers did that Okay, now you cannot say, oh, this is my house. I take, no, this is not, it's going to work because that's not the nature of uh, human nature. But we still have to have that conversation. We still have to promote that conversation without it being something, a subject of, 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 that will generate more hate, more, 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 you know, opposition. It's about let's talk about it. We, we, we know how to address the problem and we know how to do the diagnosis of the situation and we know how to bring a treatment plan.
0: There, there needs so, to be a spiritual reparations that absolute. needs to happen so in, in humanity.
1: Absolutely. It, it, it's interesting that last week I just finished uh, a semester-long fellowship. I mm-hmm. graduated uh, the and Nancy Marsigula Institute of Justice, and mm-hmm. it, uh, it focused on civil discourse. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first, we studied the Constitution, the United States Constitution, and the amendments. And one of the first lessons, and the, one of the first things that we acknowledged was that slavery was the Original sin uh, mm-hmm. it was founded, everything was done. And it was there was a bit, it was the first mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't call it slavery. You call it the forced, uh, yeah, forced labor, forced, <laughs> for, for, forced labor. But the, what it did was it, it set the platform for uh, frank conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and as, as it went as long, as far as our graduation, uh, mm-hmm. the, our topic that we had to answer, we had to, was a panel of three judges and we had to defend our positions, mm-hmm. the judges and ours was immigration. And one of the judges, very prestigious judge, uh, brought up the question, like, how do you think it is uh, that we've got here Uh, with our immigration policy? We'll celebrate one person scaling over a wall to freedom, but now we want to put up walls. And we were waffling around answers until finally I just couldn't hold it. I'm like, "Okay, so can we just address the elephant? in the room and it's pink (laughs) it's a big pink elephant that no one wants to talk about (laughs) Mm -hmm. is the issue of race and color can we have that just have that conversation because what happens is those biases that we've had that we've not talked about Mm -hmm. uh influence our politics Mm -hmm. and it started to manifest themselves and when they start to influence our politics Mm -hmm. they influence our policies Mm -hmm. which is where we get to where we are with wanting to build a wall and this country with this country was founded on a bunch of immigrants it's mm-hmm. it's the principle mm-hmm. of immigration mm-hmm. and it's people getting along just like you were talking about the melting pot when mm-hmm. we were on. in an interview earlier you brought up a point about where we're going like what more do we want to do and you were talking about the planet like you're global like what mm-hmm. what eventually what more do we want to do
2: yes yes so absolutely and i think that you know this is why we we, we have basically reached all the limits of a lot of things. I mean, when you have built weapons that can destroy the entire planet over sixty thousand times, what else can you achieve? You know, you have that, you have mastered. Basically, you are a master over this planet because, in this, you know, press of a button, you can blow up everything. So, I think that this is it. We have reached the end of really the civilizational proposal that is really based on fear. And because it's based on fear, then, you know, we have this this kind of issues, violence and and fear uh, that the other the differences and he's going to take my stuff and he, this, he doesn't believe what I believe. And therefore, I don't like we cannot co- coexist. It, it's it, all this is based on on fear. And we, I know that a lot of ascended masters always talk about love and love and we have made of love like a bubbly, you know, gummy thing, but it's not about a romantic love. It's about a deep understanding that our faith is linked. And because our faith is linked, we really have to make sure that I'm my brother's keeper. And I know that he is. Once we go to this dynamic, and I call it, it's, it's the Ubuntu principle, the founding principle of African philosophy, African ancient philosophy is Ubuntu. I am because you are. So now when you apply that simple fact into your, into your uh, motus operandi, how you think, how you operate, how you live your life, then he can go and he will go in all the fields of life where now we have to understand that we now have to grow a global consciousness. And for us to stuff our face with three steaks a day Hmm. and making sure that somebody doesn't even have a peanut to eat Hmm. for a week, it's not our collective wellness Eventually, it will come back and, and and bite you. And you guys are known to to have no have obesity, to have all these heart conditions, yeah, had, <laughs> had 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 all all these you know these, uh, these uh, you know uh, diabetes, diabetes, heart disease. Heart disease. Uh, so this is this is just a, the, the chicken that's come home to roost. So it, so are we not informed now that we cannot live like this because this is not a good way to live. The good way to live would be like I eat one steak, and I have two to spare. But if I had the two to spare, then you can have them, and maybe you will not die because you have you have a weak immune system because you don't have enough protein because you know what you may be the one saving my life one day for X Y Z reason. We have to come up. We have to to become grown ups. And, uh, and and to become grown-ups, how does it happen? We have to awaken our consciousness to, re- to to this global consciousness and we have to be together to be able to bring up a proposal, a, a new civilizational proposal to the table and say, how do we stay away from this madness? Because we have gotten to madness. We have a planet in which we don't even know if we're going to have trees in maybe in the next hundred years, if we cut off all the trees and put them in some big mag- big big store where everybody goes every weekend to buy some new chairs... Uh, When we have very good ones, when you look at the production, I believe uh, 40% of the production Mm -hmm. is being thrown away. So we waste 40% of everything that's produced. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm. We have, even if we talk about just the Christmas holidays, (laughs) we spend between the United States and Europe, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean the West, like Canada, uh, Australia, all the Western world, We spend for like a one day uh, holiday, we spend enough money to feed about 750 million people for a year. Wow. For a year. And knowing that really about only 350 are really the ones who need you know, to, to, have to be helped to eat, that means that for one day, we could help people two mm. years have a decent diet.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: you know so this is one of the things that it's like let's start asking ourselves the hard question we will we, it's okay we can we can be in a place of discomfort for a minute it's all right to have this conversation and it's definitely all right to have different different views and different positions because we are different we have different perspective and I, and I get it but then we have to bring eventually something together and it's it's not just to kumbaya it's to save ourselves Mm-hmm. So then, uh, just to address what Doctor was saying about the um, the, the fact, that, uh, not the consequence of us coming from Africa to here mm-hmm. so abruptly, it's that we have the, we didn't have time for our body to adapt. To new environments, to nurse a life uh, lifestyle. So I'm encouraging a lot of people of African descent to really live outdoor most of the time, because the fact of the matter that we don't we don't have a, we have a problem now with uh, you know vitamin D uh, the metab- to to metabolize vitamin D because we don't we don't have enough sunshine and our skin do not allow does not allow us to do that living indoors. So because of that, I mean you had the medical doctors, you know the consequences of having a deficiency in that field. It can have a lot of ramification in your health and then can have a, a aggravation of some some uh, you know some pathologies like cancer because you lack of the vitamin D we see now a big correlation because why is it cancer sometimes so much more aggressive in in some people some in African people than it is in others I mean of course, the Europeans also had to suffer the same because some some of the same but not as not as aggressively as the Africans Because, you know, we have the problem with the skin cancer because Europeans were not prepared to be in places where there's excessive sun. But, you know, Africans were not prepared to be in places where there's not enough light and their bodies were not prepared to be living indoors. So I encourage, you know, when you say get moving, get fit, get checked, get get fit, get moving, I encourage people to really seek out outdoor activities as much as they can, even if you have to work outdoor. Go take your laptop now. We're connected everywhere. Go and stay outside, even if it's winter, especially if it's wintertime. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know make sure that you go outside so we have to talk about these things about how to keep each other healthy how to care for each other and so if you have an information put it out there Mm -hmm. and this is one of the things that i'm so privileged to be here today because this is what your aim is in this radio station to make sure that when we have information we put it out there because it's for the benefit of the community because when my community thrive i thrive
1: yeah Uh, no me, yeah. One of the things I, I, I really, and I, I, again, I, I do it frequently because you just give people flowers while they're alive. This is truly a gift and a treat on behalf of both of us uh, mm-hmm. to have you here. Uh, we play around a lot. We're not playing around today. This is, this is a gift, and thank you for that. Um, uh, you, you made the perfect segue. Uh, Dr. Derry has traveled the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, very modest, won't tell you his own travels and stories. Uh, but there's a lot of similarities. Um, mine is more local because I just haven't traveled as much uh, with the community and trying to <laughs> keep hopefully them well. That will change. I'm on, right. <laughs> I'm on this side of it uh, with prevention and trying to educate. Doc has literally been in the trenches in mm-hmm. the different countries, and he's seen a lot of uh, some of the same things that you've seen from the, the sick, the Z side. If you can really kind of elaborate, he's one of the foremost um, – infectious disease doctors uh in the country and the smartest one i know um so i only mm-hmm. bring the best of you um but i'd like for him to just share some of the, the global perspective on health and as they come and see us tonight at five at the cac yeah uh, they'll be hear, able to hear more but i'd love to start that discussion now because mm-hmm. there's real synergy i'm good at putting people together yeah
0: F- first let me just say uh i, I um and I don't know if this is. I, I would love to offer you a, an hour on WHIV because everything when you move to New Orleans, <laughs> I will have an yes. hour available. Yes. You can talk Which like Queen what Charlie. everything yes. that you just said. Yeah. And in fact, if possible, you know, get check, get fit, get moving with Queen Daimba and yeah, I mean, Doctor Derry. Yeah. 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 We changed, to, we changed <laughs> the whole deal, right? You hit yeah. us, right? You hit yeah. Us, right. Mm-hmm. yeah, and because uh, everything that you were talking about resonates and very strongly with with this radio station in fact she said that we aim in fact that's our mission statement is mm-hmm. advocacy through innovative messaging mm-hmm. so it it is aiming so but i also want to just say real quickly that i'm actually first generation american my family's from morocco oh. and so i uh so, so my family's yes yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'd, i i'd like to consider that uh, <laughs> yes, but are. i feel very attached to africa because mm-hmm. i've been i've i've grown up many summers in morocco and rabat in mm-hmm. casablanca mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and so uh, and I saw pictures with you with the King uh, recently yes. that Will sent me, so of, uh-huh. of Morocco, so I yes. definitely want to pick your brain about that. But I have a very strong connection with Africa mm-hmm. just because I feel as though my personal roots mm-hmm. are in Africa, and, I, and as Dr. Griggs was just saying, I've spent quite a bit of time in Africa doing uh, uh, HIV work mm-hmm. in, uh, mm-hmm. and, um, and particularly Ebola work mm-hmm. uh, as well. And when I usually tell people, when you look at Ebola, there's one word that describes Ebola and that's, and it's poverty. And we were having a conversation mm-hmm. about this right before we went on yes. air and that poverty really is just a function of policy, of mm-hmm. policy and whether it was done policies that were done intentionally or policies that weren't done intentionally, it's just, it's, it's situations now that people are in mm-hmm. that find, uh, uh, that, that infectious diseases in particularly mm-hmm. Ebola, uh, finds its self uh, being able to exploit. And I know that there's a, um, a very severe epidemic right now of Ebola mm-hmm. in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. My experience was it was in Sierra Leone. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess uh, talking uh, specifically about the various infectious diseases and how they walk, uh, hand by hand or side by side Mm -hmm. by, uh, with, uh, with poverty. Maybe just talk to us a bit about what, uh, what, uh, what, what poverty looks like or, or Mm -hmm. ways of which we can, because everything that you were talking about was ways that we can kind of lift ourselves up Mm -hmm. spiritually and in doing so, that will also help lift people from poverty uh, as well. Mm-hmm. And maybe uh, your leadership uh, mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, maybe just talk a bit about some of that.
2: Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, like this is really, you nailed it. Um, you know, poverty is really what drives a lot of the um, you know, infectious diseases in Africa to, to flourish and, and, and because people lack of proper nutrition. That's really mm-hmm. basically what it is. We've always lived in this environment uh, vi- with virus, you know, uh, viruses, and yeah, uh, and and we, of course, we, we know there is a, there is a cost to this uh, um, uh, 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 contract that we have with nature. I mean, we are nature, and, and the connection that you have with Africa is is a is a normal connection that every single human being has on the planet, a connection, direct connection with Africa. Because let's not forget, we all come from Africa, and Africa is not just a cradle. It's a, a, a bed, it's a room, it's mm-hmm. a living room, it's a house, it's a university. We only live, Af- we only, uh, we have been human, uh, we've been out of Africa only uh, about one, one third of our existence. Two thirds of our existence we spend only in Africa, all of us, all our ancestors. So now we are understanding that we, are, we move, we are explorers, we are, na- we are, we are just a, a, a species of explorers, and then that's what we are. And then, of course, sometimes we bump into each other again and we don't remember who we are, but we eventually when we check deep enough, we realize where we come from the same family. And that's probably why you feel the connection. And I would love that everybody has that connection and cultivate that connection because if Africa is our base, Africa is also a lot of solution for our problems across the board. I believe so. Mm-hmm. And I believe that even the infectious disease, if you, if, I'm sure you, you, you being an HIV specialist, you know about some cases in Africa where people are getting rid of the HIV virus on their own. So eventually, after a while, we, we, nature, we will adapt. We'll find a way. But if we have the bets, the better the condition, the better the living condition, the better we have a chance. And I think that the problem with Africa, I mean, it's, it's, the poverty is not because the Africans are poor. We, we are not poor. We we are because we, so long as we don't measure w- wealth with material stuff, yes, of course. You know, I go to Africa all the time, and I, I, I always have the richest of experience being in Africa. And I go in the villages. I don't stay in the fancy hotels and fancy neighborhoods. But this is not what I. This is the, not not the Africa I, I, I work for. The Africa I work for are my people, and they are in remote rural areas. and, and for instance, they don't have access to clean water. A lot of them, and people are always telling me, "Why Congo has so much water everywhere? Why don't I have access to clean waters?" Well, because for a couple of centuries we were running away, trying to hide, mm-hmm. so we won't get caught, and then we, we stayed away from waterways because you know waterways were easy to per- penetrate territory and then find us where we Quern. were.
1: Quickly, can you can you qu- please explain that? You mentioned we had more time earlier, so you can yeah. explain why we're... People don't understand why, yeah. why we were run, Explain it's why we It's not just
2: running. that we just decided to go and, and settle to places where there was no water. <laughs> and say, okay, let's just go. There's no water here. It's great. Let's set up camp. No. A lot of this is a, a, is a residue from the choices we had to make to survive. So run away, but run away where? Or right at the banks of the biggest river? And then what?
1: This is when they were coming over and capturing people.
0: Sure, of course. So
2: a lot of people find refuge in places that are unlikely that we will get found.
0: Yes, of course. Uh, You know,
2: so that's one of, uh, even the water problem, really, it's it's, it's really remnants of our history.
0: So, how do you take? I mean, you're an incredibly thoughtful uh, mm-hmm. and and really an optimistic person, yes. uh, and I, mm-hmm. I admire that. I, I see myself in, in in you. But how do you take that that thoughtfulness, that deep, deep thoughtfulness that you have? And, uh translate that to leadership of mm-hmm. in the Congo and in africa to really lift people up spiritually
2: yeah so what you know what i was coming to say was that you know we inherited so this very very uh, defective structure yeah now after after yes. not only you know uh, the destructuration of our own societies our own kingdom our own system of organize, to organize life uh politically economically and socially and spiritually as well we lost we, lo- we lost a lot of that and now we have been super important on the structure that was a Western structure that was not designed for our own wealth, our own wellness. But now it's come the time when we come at the crossroad now. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? It's enough to talk. It's enough to say complain. It's enough to say this. Now, okay, all that is right. We have made a clear assessment of what the problems are. So now what do you do? So the fact of the matter that I'm constantly in action you know is what drives me and drives the fact that i try, i meet people and i we connect with these people that are in the action we we ha- we we are fed up mm-hmm. people are fed up they want a decent life and a decent life doesn't mean owning like a bunch of uh, gadgets electronic gadgets having a bigger house you you have three people or four people i've been there i'm not pointing the finger at anybody i've been there you are i was a family of four and i had a, a house that was 9000 square foot mm-hmm. feet. For what? For what? All I'm gonna use up is use up more electricity, pollute more. So my carbon footprint is is absolutely criminal. But we don't think about that, you know. Oh, we are conscious. We are conscious. But then the, we can make simple choices to to bring back balance into play. Because when we are <clears throat> when we are in an environment where we're not gonna breathe in, in it's, they're not gonna say, oh, on this part of town you can breathe, and on this part of town you cannot breathe. So what I'm trying to say is that the fact of the matter is once you are passionate about something, do not wait. Just do and do start at your level. Start where you are. And this is another thing I want to say. Yes, I'm queen in uh, Congo. However, when I I did fundraisings here in the United States, and it wasn't for the Congo because we have poverty right here.
0: Mm. You know, I did fundraising Mm.
2: for for Baton Rouge. So when the money, when they were like, oh, after the fundraising, where do you want the money? Uh, you, what, what what you want money for Congo? I was like, no. We did fundraising here. I want the money to go to programs for women health here because they are my people too. There we go. You know, it's not so. That's what leadership means. Leadership means that it's not just my people over there because they look like me and it's the everybody who needs help. Everybody's in a situation of poverty. Everybody in a situation of lack of access to proper education, proper basic needs, proper, um, you know, health care, proper liberty. Just have these are my people. We, we, oh, yeah, I'm, it's nice to be queen of this and queen of that. But at the end of the day, we, we have to be queen in the domain in which we excel. Mm. So if the domain in which I excel is to give love, to, to promote love, to, to promote unity, to, to bring people to converge towards a a, a, final, a single goal that is to, to make sure that the humanity take a step over this hurdle that is now being our excessive you know, uh, you know, consumerism and our excessive indi- individualism, when we take a, a step and we pass the hurdle, then let's see what we can do together. And I think that me being mixed myself in many ways, because I'm such a mix physically, we are all mixed physically, but culturally mixed in so many ways, shows me that it we can coexist, really. Yes. <laughs> And it's the best, the best, the best uh, the mix that you can have.
0: Yeah. yeah. Do you feel it? Yeah, I feel it. Of course, yeah. I do. Yeah. Hey, we're, Every time. We're gonna be able yeah. to hear more She's of awesome. this. We're She's gonna be able to hear like more this. of this a little bit later on. He,
1: he made this statement earlier. He was listening to our interview earlier, and he was like, I, I, yeah. "What's going on? I've never heard. <laughs> right. I've never heard Gregs so Gr- Griggs, Griggs, is quiet. Greg's never Griggs Griggs that quiet a word on I, the interview." I, I said, "You'll <laughs> see."
0: I said, "You'll see." We we actually we we've reached the end of our hour, Queen. Already? Yeah. Well, we have fast. more. We, the we three have of us we will be more. together tonight.
1: Yes. Uh, I'll be interviewing you in, actually, Dr. Noah, he thought he was, co- I really want to interview you with his perspective, global perspective, mm-hmm. um, and I, like, I, I work from a place of...